both on iHeartRadio and WRQK.com. Dan Flowers, CEO of the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, will join the program sometime in the 8 a.m. hour this morning. And then 9 a.m., it is New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. You're getting new Eminem, new Jake Owen, new STP, all part of New Tour Tuesday. And actually, coming up at 9 o'clock, since the Hard Rock Roxino partners with us on this, We'll let you in on somebody coming there, yeah. performing at the Hard Rock, yeah. that I think most people are going to be very excited about. Okay. Hard Rock does a good job, man. They do. Bring in a lot of good entertainment. They, they bring in a lot of good entertainment. A lot to go on on the show. We'll get into Ty Lue around 7 o'clock. I know so many people hitting me up on Twitter yesterday, you know, asking me about that. Um, spoiler, uh, I'm blaming this less on LeBron James than the rest of you. I know I like to blame LeBron for a lot of stuff, but man, was was LBJ taking some heat on this Ty Lue thing yesterday. We'll get into that around 7 o'clock. How are you this morning, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Sansbury a little pat on the back right what now. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the show open plays, and it's like, you know, are you ready or something like that? And I was just kind of like, I don't know, dude. I don't think I am ready today. And Sansbury's like, no, Fantone, you're, you're fine. Ready. We got New Tour Tuesday coming up. You got Sam flowers. flowers coming up. You're going to be fine. We're going to make it through this you're one. You're going to sail through this and, one. And, and I'm going to have to agree with you. Look at me spreading positivity. I know, just Sansbury with the optimism. I don't dude. know how it happened. I don't know how it did either. It's, uh, it's been a crazy four years. I, uh, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> you know what did happen is that, uh, and and I, this has always been true about me. Um, I am one of these people that when when things are going well in my life, I am very easily optimistic. But when things are kind of tough, I kind of dwell on 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 what's bad. And I was able to, I didn't have to spread out my bills this month. I was able just to sit down with them all and just kind of like write them all out and go. Here you go. And it didn't really oh, negatively. It didn't really negatively affect my bank account all that much. I still got another check coming this month that pretty much is then all mine because because I, I paid everything out yesterday. And so like I'm just kind of in the mode of dude, things are good. Played golf again yesterday with a buddy. My Dustin and I made it out yesterday, and it was like, dude, things are all right. Like why am I always? I, I realized this on St. Patrick's Day. Like I am a first world problem bitcher. Like I really am. And it's one yeah. it's one of the things about my life that I don't like. It's one of the things about me I don't respect and that I don't like about myself. And St. Patrick's Day was like it really snapped me into perspective. It's like, dude, that day really showed me, dude, I'm pretty lucky. I understand the concept of like, oh, you complain about first world problems. Now, like, you can always make the argument of somebody's, well, got, somebody's it got it worse. Yeah, sure. But, you know, you can make the counter to that. Well, somebody. Yeah, but I got this going Well, on. somebody's got it better than me. So what? I can never be happy. I can never, like, you know, appreciate right. what's going on in my life. That's so, like, true. No, I, I mean, I understand what I understand, you know, how, how we all kind of fall victim to that right there. And yes, keep it in perspective. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, just because you're like, oh, son of a bitch, man, I got to, you know, I, I, I got to go fill up my gas tank and it's like well, you might know some people don't even have money for gas and it's like well yeah i, I you know um but I, I think when it comes to the sense of like optimism and the sense of being a pessimist and stuff like that you choose it uh, on some level you do I, I, I think we've got a little bit too caught up and I, I i read this in a book recently where people get too caught up on like optimism as a sense of like everything's perfect and great and thumbs up and life's happy it's not necessarily that yeah, that's sticking your head it's, in the sand it's it's more so that like 
okay, things aren't always going to be perfect, but can you do something about it? That's what real optimism is. Is like, can you do something to better your situation? Can you fix the world that's around you? Can you, can you, you know, improve your lot in life? And that's when it's like, all right, that's the sense of optimism I want people to have. Not so much like, all right, just because I'm here, everything's okay. No, blanket happiness yeah. is strange. It's right. weird. And, and it's, it's inauthentic. And it's, and it's almost like you're unaware of what's going on around you I, on some uh, level. I, I, you know, and I think there's another uh, a thought here that I think kind of applies to what you've had happen to you recently where it's like so many people spend their entire lives focused 100% on happiness and how do I get happier? What do I have to do to be happy? When really what you should be focusing on is how do I give my life purpose? How do I like make what I do feel meaningful? Accomplishments as, will make you mm-hmm, happy. As opposed to just That's like... That's true. Because everyone's got something different that makes them happy. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, there's plenty of people that just wish they could sit around doing drugs all day and that would make them happy. But that doesn't really... You're Tried not it, done work. Well, you're not accomplishing anything. No, you're, you're not, not doing anything. So, you know, at its core, you're not going to be satisfied with what you do. So I think, I don't know, I just feel like maybe recently Stansberry's had a little, uh, you know. Dude, accomplishments will make you happy. They, they really will. There's, um, it's, and you're right, it's sense of purpose. And, you know, um, again, Joe Rogan talks about this a lot, where it's people don't do the things we used to do. And there is something about exercise and pushing your body to a limit and tiring your body completely out that allows for your brain to think clearly. And you you just, and again, the anxiety, if you work it out of your, now again, I am an anxiety-ridden person. I believe I'm suffering about half of what I used to because, again, I believe the gym is taking up a lot of that nervous energy of like that that's spinning and kind of and and it's giving me calmness and it's de- I mean there's science behind working out makes your brain happier there's just there's science behind it. there's no denying it there's no like I bet that's not true it's dude it's been proven you cannot deny that and so I, I have noticed a very vast increase in my positive outlook in the sense that I can see accomplishments. And again, St. Patrick's Day was good for this for me. I ran into a bunch of people who were like, dude, not I've been hearing you talk about it. You can see it. It's obvious you've lost weight, which again will make you feel good. And people, you know, reaffirming what you're doing and telling you that they can see it and that they notice your accomplishments will make you feel good. And there's something about that that, yes, supplies a little bit of happiness. I've been doing a little bit better of a job at it. Now, I got lazy the last couple of days. I was hungover on Sunday, and then yesterday I was like, well, maybe I'm still a little hungover. I don't really want to go to the gym, so I played golf instead. But I'll be back today because there is something about that. Setting a goal, accomplishing said goals will make you feel like, you know what? Thing, life is not insurmountable, that I can do anything I want to, really, if I just actually apply myself, not go, oh, it's going to be too hard. I don't want to do it. And that's how I got, people ask me all day Saturday, how'd you get back into this? And it was two things, really. It was twofold. It was A, seeing photos of myself and being disgusted by the way I looked in them, and which is, I think, the most important one. And I have a, I have a disgusting photo of myself posted up on my refrigerator, and there's one in my office here at the radio station. And I just look at them like, dude, that is why you're doing this. And B, I had listened to a podcast um, with a former Marine, I, and his, I always get his last name right, but I think it's Jocko Willenick. And his thing is, is that discipline creates freedom, meaning if you just do what you have to do, then you can do whatever you want when you're done doing that. And he always says, make working out like a job. You have to do it. And if you just do it, then after that, you're free to do whatever you want. And 
when he started making fun of people who tell him why he, they don't work out, like he was like, people always tell me, I don't want to, it's hard. And like all the excuses he gave, he was like, they just sound like five-year-old child idiots. They just sound like five-year-old idiots. And I just sat there on my couch. I was like, he's right. I sound like a five-year-old idiot while I'm not doing this. And I got extremely embarrassed about it. And I was like, no, no more. This is my life. And I'm, I'm not being embarrassed by that. And he was absolutely right. Discipline creates freedom. And it's been beneficial to my life this last month and a half. And I'm thankful for it. And it's like any other thing. I just hope, hope, hope I can continue it. We have $1,000 up for grabs every single hour on the program this morning. Your first one's right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. No, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll do New, uh, new Tour Tuesday for you. Give you the new Eminem, the new Jake Owen, new STP, all part of that. And again, my buddy went and saw STP not that long ago with their new lead singer. He says they're amazing. Surprise, man. I am. He says, I am. Dude, he said, dude, they will blow you away. That's how good it was. He said it was one of those things where if you like shut your eyes, you wouldn't necessarily know. Really? He said the guy, dude, he's got very similar mannerisms, knows that that part's kind of important, like that Scott yeah. Weiland oh, yeah. twist is kind of important to what he does. And he says he's got it kind of down. I mean, let's be real. STP, uh, an old band at this point. I'm sure that whoever this you know lead singer is probably grew up you know emulating, like looking up to Scott Weiland, sure. you know? So sure. good for that guy. So we'll play you the new one. Roll Me Under is the name of that. Do that to end New Tour Tuesday. I read an article in the New York Times about the man from Ohio who knew too little, and it was weird because they didn't even interview me. So I thought that was uh, that was pretty strange. But there's a guy, Eric Hagerman, who is a self-described um, you know liberal, and had decided he was taking a break from reading about politics. And again, it was under a month ago. I told you guys, you you you, you more people should be doing this. Because of the misinformation we get and, and the half coverage and, and honestly, what the level of journalism is in this country right now, honestly, I don't even think that if you read articles every day, you're even getting even more informed than, than you were before because I don't even think you're being told the truth. I think so many people are just like, this is what our opinion on this is, so we're not even going to show you. They will literally not show you something if it goes against what their idea is. Like, that's just where we are right now. And so this guy said, dude, I'm taking a break from it. And he will admit that the Trump victory shook him badly, he says. So he wanted to create his own experiment. And he says it's part silent protest, part coping mechanism, and part self-care plan. He swore he would avoid learning about anything that happened to America after November the 8th, 2016. He says it was draconian and complete. It's not like I wanted to just steer away from Trump or shift the conversation. It was like I was a vampire and any photo of Trump even would turn me to dust. He says, at first, I wanted to try it for days, but now I'm a year into it, knowing almost nothing about American politics. And he says, I have become shockingly uninformed during one of the most eventful chapters in modern American history is what he says. Well, how do you know that? But anyway, I take his point. Okay, and 
he knows none of this stuff. Like they, they gave some examples here. James Comey, the Russia probe, Robert Mueller, that whole thing. He doesn't know anything about it. He says, I look at the weather. He's 53, lives alone on a pig farm in southern, uh, southeastern Ohio. They say he drives about a half hour into Athens to get coffee every morning. So um, the town he actually lives in is Gloucester. I don't exactly know that, but I know where Athens is. For those of you that don't know, oh, Ohio University is in Athens. So oh, OU, like right there. He says he's gotten used to a feeling that he hasn't experienced in a long time. He says, I'm bored, but it's not bugging me. And I found this quote to be interesting, Fantone. He says, it takes meticulous planning to find boredom. And I guess he's a method actor. And so this self-imposed regimen, uh, you know, unemployed, this self-imposed regimen, he then, dude, he goes so far as he uses white noise tapes at the coffee shop. He will yell at his friends who start talking about things around him. He has a ban on social media. And he says it's reshaped his entire life. So here's what I want to know. And I'd be curious because they don't go into it here in this article. Is if all this is true, how did the New York Times find out about you? If you, if you weren't on social media talking about how you're not doing this, how would, how would the New York Times just know there's some dude from Athens, Ohio, who's not reading the newspaper? That's a good question. Maybe one of his friends was like, hey, you know. Yeah, maybe, oh, dude, this dude I know who's nuts. Yeah, I guess right. maybe there's that. Reach, okay. reach, out to, you know, reach out to a local you know, CBS affiliate, and that story kind of got its way up the pipeline. But, I mean, that's, uh, you're, you're right. There's a little bit that's of like. A, that's strange I mean, how that happened, right? Yeah. He says this whole thing he's been doing is a DIY version of moving to Canada. And, uh, you know, because that's what a lot of people were saying, you know, that. You know, they were going to do. He said, I had been paying attention to the news for decades, and he's like, and I never did anything with it. And again, this goes back to what I had been saying last month, which is I think that's true of most people. I think most people are just taking this information, and there's a little bit of it that I don't know if it's really do you want to be informed or do you want to be mad? Do you want to be angry? And I think a lot of people, not all of you, but I think a lot of people go to the news, go to the media, go to, to, to read these things, so it tricks the, it, it trips that, that anger response in your brain, and you get off on it. Yeah, people do. There's no question about it, dude. I think... I, I think there's more than enough example in the world right now of that. Um, I, I, I understand where this dude's coming from. I do. And I don't even think it's necessarily like, oh, I hate the current administration so much. But I understand why a lot of people, if available to them, if possible, you know, to do this, would decide I'm going to disengage with that process. I get that. And maybe the news as a whole, like, and I'm not even just saying like the media aspect of it, but like, I don't care about current events. I don't care about what's happening in the world. I don't want to know if that is another school got shot up. I I don't want to know that, you know, whatever is happening in the economy, but like it's it's a very like, well, must be nice, dude. Well, like that's that's one of the reasons why I want to talk about this, because this is such an interesting look into us as people. All right. Let's let's say I win the lottery. Right. Okay. 20 years ago, my wish list of winning the lottery of what I would have done with that money, what I would have done the first month or whatever, what I would have done first has completely shifted. All right. It's no longer like if I won the lottery now, don't get me wrong. Nice things to buy would be part of it for sure. But it's no longer like, dude, give me a Ferrari. It's no longer that. What I fantasize about now is unplugging and is like, dude, if I won the lottery and like I love my job, so I'm not trying to complain about it. But I do have to take in more media, more articles than than the average person. And it does. I have a tendency to, to, to get down on that. And it gets it makes me feel a little negative. And so there's a little bit of it. It's like, dude, the moment I cash that check, Facebook. Boom, done. 
You know what I mean? Twitter, boom, done. News, done. And it's island, drinks, golf, shut up about Trump, shut up about Hillary, I'm done. Well, and, I, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I think I guess like... Most, but I can't do it in my life. Most people would want to do that. I just don't know. I mean, I don't want to say it's like you're running away from your problems a little bit there, but though. But it is. It, but it is. So like... But that's why people want to win and, the lottery. And, and, I mean, and I guess like, you know, I, I'm sure there's people with the money that are able to do that now. If you really did want to disengage and just live in your house and, you know, but it's like, at what point is it, what point are you a hermit? At what point are you, you know, a weirdo? At what point are you somebody who's just not engaged? At what point are you a coward? Like, there's just a lot of like, I mean, you're running away from your problems and like that never seems like the solution. If you're just joining us, we're talking to this uh, or about this guy from Ohio. Um, they say he's the man who knew too little. Where he's just taking a break from, like, I guess all, uh, you know, political news since the election. And last winter, they say he spent a couple of weeks visiting his twin brother, who I guess is a tech CEO in San Francisco. And they say strict arrangements had to be made. The Sunday newspaper was kept out of his sight. TV switched off when he was in the room. His teenage niece and nephew under special instructions. See, this is my problem here, though. It's like, if you want to do something for you, that's great. But now you're imposing this on other people. Now, I, as my I, my brother, I can say, no, I'm not doing all that. Stay, You stay in Ohio, stay on your pig farm. I guess. But, I guess you could. But, but no, there but you're is... you're putting me in a weird situation right, there. There is a little bit of, okay, man. I mean, I get it. You don't want to... You don't, you don't want CNN on when you walk into the room. Fine. But, like, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have the Sunday paper at my house. See, I have... Or th- there's, a, there's a television on in my office here at the radio station. And I share this office with, like, one other person, essentially. Fantone has a, has a desk in there, never really uses it. No. Doesn't need it much, right? And so, like, it's me and Jim Albright from 640 WHLO, right? Right. And he's on the air when we get off. And so, I we never really interject in that office very much. But by the time the show is done, I'm done. Like, my brain is like, I don't want new information right now. I don't want to hear talking heads right now. I've just talked before. I'm done. Right. Right. And so, a lot of times, I'll go into the office and I'll hear like those talking heads on TV and it's Trump this and Trump that and Russia this and Russia that. And it's just like, after the show, I'm just like, dude, I'm fried and I'm done. It's like, I want nothing to do with this right now. All of you people, I just, it's so annoying that I, I, I just think. There needs to be a little pullback. I think America has convinced itself that because you share these articles, because you read headlines, that you're informed, and you're not. We are no more informed. I said this about, like, remember, everybody was digesting all these articles, and I said about immigration. I said immigration was the big story of the day for a year. The wall, the wall, the wall, the wall, all this stuff, right? And I'm not even talking I'm not even yelling at the Trumpers. I'm even saying people who were against the wall, right? We argued immigration in this country every day for a year straight. And I could ask every one of us to raise our hands right now on who has a better understanding of how the immigration policy in this country works, and none of us would be able to raise our hands. You see what I'm saying? You're digesting information, but not being any more informed. It's much like the food issue with that documentary I watched on the food issue. You're overfed. You're undernourished. It's the same exact thing with information. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. 7 o'clock, we'll get into this Ty Lue issue. LeBron James. I feel like people are placing this on LeBron's um, doorstep. And, you know, I, I like making things LeBron's fault. I felt like people were reaching, so 7 o'clock we'll get into that. Also, 7.30, we'll have those Avenged Sevenfold tickets for you. 
They're playing August 6th, Blossom Music Center, sometime in the 8 o'clock hour. We will be talking to uh, Akron Canton Regional Food Bank CEO Dan Flowers about his Harvest for Hunger program. We'll get into that. 8 o'clock. Then 9 o'clock, new Tour Tuesday, new Eminem, new Jake Owen, new STP. Very excited to hear all three of them. I'm a fan of all three artists, so we'll see. Uh, Eminem's been a little lackluster for me lately, and I don't know if that's him slipping on his on his abilities, or am I just getting to the point where maybe Eminem music isn't for me? Ah, he's swung and a miss a lot recently. Okay. I feel like... That's the I, way I feel, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's necessarily Old Man Stansberry coming out. I'm listening to a lot of new and current rap music and hip-hop still to this day. So, like, that's what I thought, too, but I wanted to be fair to it. Oh, speaking of music. Yeah. Um, People have been asking me about these a lot because um, a lot of the photos that I've been taking recently, you've seen me with them, and I talked about them a couple of times on the program. But I actually got a chance to try my Beats by Dre yesterday outside. They've been great at the gym. They've been fantastic at the gym. But one of the reasons I got them was for the golf course. And the first pair of wireless headphones I bought, they were like 35 bucks. And they weren't great for outdoor. They were not great for walking across the fairway and still being and leaving the phone. Because essentially what I wanted to be able to do was leave my phone in the golf cart and be able to walk like across the fairway, hit the shot, and then walk back to the cart, right? And the Beats by Dre were perfect. I was so far away from my cart yesterday in the fairway and still crystal clear sound. Like, I found mine for 100 bucks. I feel like it was the best 100 bucks I've spent in a long time. Now, they're normally 200 the ones. I got the Power Beats 3s. And I hear some people tell me, ah, dude, wait till you have them about a year. The sides of them will start to peel. That may happen. I may have to change my opinion when that happens. But as of right now, that is $100 I spent and spent very, very well. They, um, they far exceeded my expectations of what I wanted out of them, both at the gym and the golf course. Huge fan of my Beats by Dre. So if you've been thinking about those, do that. So another package exploded in Texas this morning, early this morning, this time just outside of a shipping facility near San Antonio. However, I believe if I'm reading this right, that the that the package itself was intended for Austin, Texas, where they had already had, what, three or four bomb explosions. I think it was four. Four in the past two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So what in the hell is going on in Austin, Texas? I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, this is one of those situations where... Everybody's going to throw their idea around. Everybody's going to throw their, well, this is who's doing it or this is what's happening. And I just, I don't think there's a clear enough picture yet to like, I think there's three dead, five bombings. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's a very strange thing. Where, where do you, I mean, where, where do you see the motivation? Where do you see this? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like normally when something happens, I'd be like, all right, well, normally what, what I do when something happens is like, okay, well, who benefits? Like, if something goes wrong or if something happens, who has something to gain by this happening, right? And that's normally where where my line of thought will take me. And so I've been thinking about this. Like, who gains here? Okay, well, it's, you know, just because it's happening to FedEx doesn't mean it's DHL, right? So, like, right, it's, it's, right. So, so it's not that. So... I can't figure out who would have something to gain here. I mean, there's been just uh, you know a couple of different th- ways this has happened. Like the first two, I believe, were just boxes left on doorsteps, not delivered, just boxes left on doorstep. People picked them up. Had they nothing exploded. to do with the company whatsoever. They exploded. Okay. The next one was I, I, I. It was either the third or the fourth one was like activated by a tripwire. So like there yeah, was a box that, yeah. and there was, but there was a tripwire to it. And now this one's being sent through the mail. So there's a lack of consistency with like how 
how it's being done that makes me scratch my head of like, is this all the same person? Is this multiple groups? Is you know what I mean? Like, it's just there's parts of this that you know aren't adding up. Normally, perpetrators have an MO. And they like so all the packages would have been tripwire or all of them would have been this. Or does, you know, this this person or group recognize that fact that like, you know, if we Maybe. do if we do it the same way over and over again, that's when we're it gonna to get us. caught, right? Maybe. It's just crazy. Like, um, I was telling Fantone yesterday, we didn't get into this in the program, but during the one of the breaks, it was just kind of like and I had asked him, I was like, Have you ever been to Austin? He had told me no. And uh for any of you that have ever been to Texas um, you know you're in Texas. <laughs> like, dude, they're proud of it. And even in Austin. But Austin feels very different than the rest of Texas. It's much like I always say, like when I lived in Oregon, that Portland feels like Portland, but it doesn't feel like Oregon. Like the rest of Oregon feels completely different from Portland. You get into Southern Oregon, dude, it's the deep south. That's all it is. It's just the deep south. And Portland feels very, very different. Austin, Texas is very much the same way. It is a wildly progressive city in a wildly conservative state. And so it's very strange. My point being is that I wouldn't think that that much like when I saw weird things happen like this in Portland, I was like, well, that's strange. You wouldn't think that would happen here where people are a little bit more progressive. And I'm having the same feeling about Austin. But I wonder, is it people trying to scare certain people away from talking about things? Are we trying to dissuade people from doing certain things? I don't understand. I wish we could figure this out because, like I said, normally when something happens, my brain goes to, okay, well, who will benefit here? And I can't think of anybody that benefits here. It's very, very strange. If you're in Texas right now, i got to imagine that's got to be a scary feeling, especially if you're waiting on a package. Like, dear Lord, it's got to be terrifying. We will get into this Ty Lue issue and also hook you up with $1,000 next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. What's going on, guys? You got Stansberry here urging you to bank local. You hear shop local all the time. I believe in banking local. That's why I am a CSE Federal Credit Union member. CSE is 100% local, meaning all my money stays at 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 7.30, we'll have those events, 7 full tickets for you. August 6th, that show, Blossom. Profits of Rage on that, too. That is going to be one hell of a yes. night. I'm going to that. I'm going. To, after talking to M. Shadows yesterday, man, he got me right back into it. I was listening to a bunch of events, 7 fold, playing golf yesterday a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I want to go to that. And Profits of Rage, like, I didn't love the album they put out, but I saw them in Cleveland, and they were great. I mean, they were so good live. And hearing all the classic stuff, like all the... You know, the public enemy and the Rage Against the Machine, all that stuff that they play. It, dude, it was so good. They give you what you want, right? Yeah, they give you exactly what you want. It was like two hours full of, full of hits that night. They were so good. So, Ty Lu yanks himself out of, uh, out of the head coaching position over some health concerns. I guess he was having chest pains and unable to sleep a little bit. And as a guy who likes... who. Me personally, I don't feel like LeBron James gets enough. People like like to pile on in that guy, but I don't think they pile on him for the right things. Like I don't believe he takes enough heat for being too difficult to be around. Like people like the national basketball media, they love love to throw Russell Westbrook under the bus about being difficult. That's why Durant left. That's why Harden left. That's why look Paul George can't assimilate there. That's why it can't be any good. And they blame Russell. Yet, dude, Kyrie wants to leave LeBron. All the coaching issues with LeBron. Like somebody said to me yesterday. What if LeBron had the stability Michael had? And I said, well, he could have had it. He chose to get rid of all these coaches. He chose to leave places. 
He wasn't forced to go anywhere. wasn't forced to get rid of coaches. He fired Mike Brown twice. He fired, dude. He he fires coaches. What he does? It's like, dude. LeBron could have had the stability Michael had easily. Didn't want it. Did it on his own. But this was yesterday. Now people are like, oh, LeBron's just benching Ty Lue, and. I don't know. I, I mean, dude, as a guy who, like, I try to be critical of LeBron when I can be because people accuse me of being a LeBron homer. So when there's an area to be critical, I try to actually, like, pounce on it. But I don't know if I can really place this one at his feet. I mean, isn't it possible Ty Lue does have medical issues? Oh, of course. It's 100% possible. Um, people are just going to point to it and say, well, it's very convenient timing. It feels like, you know, this is this was has been bubbling for a long time. And, you know, now that now that bubble popped. I know this is a, a lot of people were linking it too because of what he was screaming on the sideline. Was it earlier? Uh, yeah, it was late a game last, week, last week. Yeah. And now, uh, according to our good buddies over at waitingfornextyear.com, they said that that was more about the offensive coordinator. Um, on the bench that LeBron was yelling at, not Ty Lue, but I don't know. I didn't see it. And uh, I mean, I understand that some people are going to see, uh, you know, points of contention and be like, oh, dude, that is obviously indicative of a bad relationship with each other. It can be. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Right. Not necessarily true. I mean, like, I make room for the fact that competitive people in intense moments are going to be like that with each other. And, like, some people respond very well to that. Some people, it's like you get up in their ass and all of a sudden it's like, man, that person, like, responded and they did it well and they, they got what you want out of that. Other people shut down. You need to know as a leader whether you're, you're in your, you know, in your your place of business, whether you're in your family or whatever, some people respond differently to other things. And if if me getting into your ass about something is is enough to get you going, then that's what you need. Like some dudes need to get slapped in the face. I just think this is all funny because I've been the guy for two years that's telling you that has been telling you Ty Lue is wildly overrated, wildly, and that we would have won that championship without Ty Lue. He didn't coach his way to that championship, and we all know it. And everybody last year was telling me that I was a hater, and you're negative, and here you all are now, wanting Ty Lue not to be the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers because you're starting to figure out what I had figured out last year. He is not a great next level coach. He's not. He's he's done a really bad job this year of being adaptable. Like, and I, I think in years past he he's he's coached in a different style where like, and I guess a part of the reason why is you have a new look team and you're trying to figure out what you have in front of you. Um, but if you're gonna do that and you see if you see failure, it's like you have the ability to change things up. I think that's been my biggest gripe with him this year is he has changed a little bit. I think how he works rotations and I think how he kind of approaches the game. So I, I know what you're saying. And, dude, I don't disagree with you. I'm not saying, like, dude, Tyler, one of the top 10 NBA coaches of all time. Um, Is he just, a top 20 coach in the league right now? In the league, yeah, right now. I, I, I think that's fair. And if nothing else, just because he has the ability to work with these guys. And it's like, I know that seems kind of like, well, yeah, anybody should be able to do that. But there's a skill that comes along with being in the role that he is. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to say he's the best coach in, in, the, in the association even close right now. Um, but I will say he probably, to me, feels like the right coach for LeBron, where it's like, I understand and respect what you do and your leadership role in this, while I still have my own thing that I have to do with this. Okay. I Do you believe you will be the coach of the Cavaliers next year? 
Depends on what happens. If they win a championship, then yes. yes. If, okay. if, 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 I would if, agree with that. If they make a far push at a title, yes. If LeBron leaves, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, there's that's really what you're asking me: is LeBron still on the team next right. year? And like, because it, you're not going to make a decision on Ty unless no. you, until you know what's going on with LeBron. That is fair. That that is true. That's how ownership. Will I, work. I mean, I definitely think that. Like, number one, you're right when you said that. Like. Dude, what the guy can't have a medical issue? It's very possible. He's a middle-aged man. Like, dude, what is he like? Fifty years old? And it's like, yeah, dude. If you have some chest pains going on as a fifty-year-old man, all of a sudden it's like, and I, I know it seems convenient timing, but like, it's been a stressful season for the guy. You know what I mean? Like, whether you think he's good at his job or not, it's been pretty stressful over the past year. So I can see how all of a sudden it's like, dude, you know, and, and the whole Kevin Love thing of like, dude, this is building up on me, and like, all of a sudden you need a break from it. Um, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump up and down on the dude for it, and he wants to come back next week. So yeah, like. he and and honestly, there are people making the suggestion that he should stay out until the playoffs, and I disagree. I I like moving. If, if he's healthy, I want him back. I like keeping same systems. Dude, don't be changing stuff, and then right before the playoffs, then try to change yeah, it back. Especially with the return of Kevin Love, who man last night just came out and played super confident. It really, you could tell there was a difference with him out on the floor. Um, I want him to be. I want Kevin Love to play so great every game because I feel like every time something goes wrong with the Cavs, people blame Kevin Love. Right, and I mean honestly, Kevin, it, it, play the race card, dude. He's uh, he's been he's he, he had a great game, looked confident last night. Um, but I, if Ty Lue's going to be out until the playoffs, then just be out, bro. Just give it to Larry Drew and just be out. Because that's I agree with you. That. Have, you start you have to start building that Pick consistency. Um, you know, NBA. I know right now it kind of seems like, oh, dude, the NBA is kind of in the doldrums until we get into it. But man, once you get into April and May, dude, the season's winding down. Nothing's the way that you thought it would be. I mean, Golden State. You know, whether it's due to injuries or, yeah, or whatever. Them. I mean, they they aren't. I think they're three games behind of Houston right now. Um, I would say that Toronto looks like the best team out of the East. And it's just like, if these guys are finding their strides right now as they get into springtime basketball, you could be looking at an NBA Finals vastly different than what everybody expected it to be. Man, Vegas would take a beating. 17% up year-to-year ratings, NBA nationally televised games this year. 17% up. and That's good. That doesn't put you in NFL numbers. Not even close. Not even close. But they're doing something. But you're not going to get at NFL levels. Like, you're just not. It's... I don't think, and until NFL takes a serious dip in viewership, it's just people just prefer football to basketball. They just do. Most people prefer watch. uh, Football's a great TV product. It just is. It's a really good TV, at least for me. I like basketball too, though. I I like it a lot, but it is. I've always maintained it's like, dude, they need to do something with the league, though. You got three times as many games and you make half as much money. Like, something's not right there. There's something else going on with the Cavaliers, and I looked for this audio, couldn't find it, but I do have some quotes here from Jordan Clarkson. Oh, jeez. Who apparently had been on a podcast with uh, Road Trippin', right? And where he's talking about dinosaurs, and he believes dinosaurs were the pets of bigger people before humans. He believes people used to have dinosaurs as pets. You know, because of the Flintstones. Uh, Clarkson, this is a quote. Y'all know how we got dogs and stuff, right? So I think it was bigger people in the world before us, and dinosaurs was they pets. DJ Montage, how big were these people? Clarkson, oh, you look at a dinosaur, they got to be three times bigger than them. Oh, God. Oh my god. So this isn't even like they had small dinosaurs in their caves with them. This is like a brontosaurus was my pet. I'm a giant. God damn, dude. Bro, 
if I've ever seen a better reason to end the one-and-done system for the NBA, <laughs> it is that right there. Your shot at Avenged Sevenfold tickets. And ladies, if you're a mother, you are going to love what I tell you next because you're going to be able to beat your husband up verbally for the next month straight. We'll give you all that next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock. 1069. Hey guys, what's going on? You got Sansbury here with some information on another company that's hiring. Star 69. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 1069. I'm going to pass out those event seven full tickets here momentarily. 1 800 243 7625, the number you will need on those. Before the break, we were talking about the Cavs issues, and uh, Jordan Clarkson thinks that bigger humans sometime throughout history had owned dinosaurs as pets. Jeez. And our, uh, our good buddy and partner of the program. <laughs> Craig Wakeham wrote in and he's like, dude, I think Jordan Clarkson's just trying to go viral, dude. Like, he's like, I don't know if he actually believes that or if he's just trying to say something so his name's out there in the, you know, in the ether. And I guess there's a possibility of that. Yeah. Just what an embarrassing way to become popular. Yeah. I mean, you're already a professional athlete, so you have some notoriety and you'd think your millions of dollars would be enough for you. But you're like, no, dude, I want to become more famous. All right. I get that. You know, maybe you want to, you know, open up new avenues of advertising. Who knows? Maybe Jordan Clarkson will endorse Wakeham. There's a possibility there. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, it's hard. No, no, no. I, I will be endorsing the Wakeham <laughs> Auto family. But, but I mean, you're right, dude. I mean, how dumb are you willing to look? At look? You trying to give Jordan Clarkson my money, dude. <laughs> he needs it. How dumb are you willing to look to get that notoriety? And it's like, I don't know. I don't want people thinking that I thought dinosaurs were pets. The Cleveland Auto Show deals are continuing all <laughs> month long at the Wakeham Auto Family and the Wakeham Auto Mile. Auto Show's over. Deals are not. Take $10,000 off a brand new Ford F-150. Ten grand off MSRP right now. George Wakeham Ford. <laughs> West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. Save the Wakeham Way the way I did. You don't need Jordan Clarkson, Craig. I got you, buddy. I got you. If you're a uh, if you're a mother, mm-hmm. I got good news for you. Because man, are you winning some arguments in your house this week? Okay. Listen to this. A study now found out that motherhood equals two and a half full time jobs. A survey conducted by Welch's, you know. The experts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they made the juice box you put in your kid's hand. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. All right. Now, they, they did a study of some American moms, right. and they found out that the average day goes from about 630 in the morning, which I would agree, probably waking your kids up for school and all that, right? Yeah. And it lasts till about 830 at night, which would be about bedtime for most, you know, adolescent kids. And that will then equal around 98 hours of work per week. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. Well, you know, I work 80, 85, 90 hours a week. Yeah, but these women are doing this and then probably working a job, working on, a top job of, yeah. on top of that. Women really do have a struggle here. Now, I grew up in a two-parent household, okay? And, but whenever I needed anything, it was, Mom! Mom, where is this? Like, your mom is supposed to know where everything you own is oh, at all times. Oh, 100%. Mom, where is this? And so, like, my mom worked two part-time jobs. My pretty much my entire life, and then raised my brother and I because my dad was like a workaholic, never home. And so I just, I, I, I get this, I see this, and no wonder you people 
you moms, are always dragging these little booger eaters through stores by their arms. <laughs> no wonder, dude. You're you're fried beyond belief. Yo, it has to be an absolutely exhausting thing. And I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of families out there where, you know, dads are active parents and active, you know, partners within the household. Um, but you're right. At the end of the day, your mom is the circus master. Your mom is the ringleader out there. She's the one who's making, making, making everything happen. So even if, even if, you know, by, by, you know, you, you know, by, by luck or whatever, your husband does contribute. I'm sure at the end of the day, you're carrying a lot more weight up the hill. Like, let's take your family, for example. Here, okay. Right. Okay. Your parents still married, yeah. still together. Yeah. Right. Have been your entire life. And they still live in Twinsburg, Ohio. Correct. If you were to go to your parents' house this weekend and needed to know where something was, wouldn't even bother asking Wouldn't even ask him, dude. (laughs) Wouldn't even ask him. And this is, you're right, me and my brother have been out of the house for 15 plus years at this point, so it's not like they're still mom and dad. You know what I mean? At this point, they've had enough time to become their own thing now. They're no longer the family that we had to be where it's like, I depend on you to make everything happen for me. But no, it is 100% my mom making making the magic happen, spinning the plates, and my dad just like, all right, tell me where to be. You and your brother. what to do. Both in in your 30s. Right. And still like, mom. Right. And it's just one of those things a mother's work and this is why it's a saying is never ever done now i now what they didn't tell what welch's didn't tell us about their study is how many of these moms that they studied were single mothers because obviously yeah. then that you're the only one to lean on there um but again like that's why i that's why i brought up fantone and i both raised in two parent households our entire life that, that, that that's how that happens. There's just some reason where it's like, yet yeah, we live in a male-dominated society, right? That's what everybody tells us. And I would agree that men haven't... I, I said to Fantone yesterday during a break, honestly, being a woman would suck. Right. Like, the constant being hit on, being catcalled, that whole thing, I would hate dealing with all that. Although I probably wouldn't be a hot woman, as I'm not an attractive <laughs> man. I don't know why I think I would be a good-looking woman. I wouldn't, right? But, like, that part... But having to go through that stuff would, would kind of suck. And yet, your entire life, though, the person you go to for strength and, for, and to rely on most is your mom. I think I guess it's maybe the difference between like the broader picture of society versus like the smaller society you have within your home, like the smaller, you know, your own dynamic there. Um, Yeah, but your mom is the person. And, you know, it's strange to bring up single moms because you're right. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's single dads out there, too. I'm not trying to negate that. Plenty of them. Um, But it's so it's so funny. We think, you know, Dan and I have brought this up to each other a million times of like, couldn't afford a kid if we had to right now. No. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't afford a kid if we had to. Nope. Um, and that's even from my or perspective. Or a take of gas. <laughs> from my perspective, that's me and my girlfriend. And I'm still like, I don't know. Like, we're both establishing careers. We're both like, you know. Yeah, your woman just started a new job. Right, full-time working adults who, 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 you know, handle their business. But I still like, I don't know. I don't know if two incomes is enough. But how many single moms are out are there doing it. making it happen? Because I always think to myself, man, I wish I lived in the time where I could just work. And my wife wouldn't have to if I didn't if she didn't want to if she wanted to God bless her babe you know make us vacation money sure but I, I wish I lived in the time where I could be the sole breadwinner and, and and give her that availability but it's like well if a single mom can do that don't worry America I'll tell him that had he got a college degree he could have oh BS dude no way no way no way dude how many how many people with college degrees right now are in that situation where we both have to have jobs honestly honestly I think the only person I know and he does have a college degree I think the only person I know know who works and whose wife does not and is simply and oh my god i almost just said just a housewife right two and a half jobs yeah eesh, but okay. eesh, eesh. all right but she's a stay-at-home mom is my buddy nick 
My, my, and, um, and, I, and I don't believe his wife works, but that is such a rare scenario. Yeah, and I mean, considering how hard it seems to me to raise it on two, it's just, you're right, you bring up single moms, and it's like, God, you have to, now you have two, How are you doing that? Now you have two actual jobs, and you have two and a half jobs being a mother. Like, we, joke, we joke a lot, and we've done it a couple of times in this conversation about the fact that we don't get paid a lot, right? right. But we do all right. Yeah. Like, we, do all, I mean, yeah. we are underpaid for what we should make, but, all to, but so is everybody in America. It's not like, that's not a story like solely for us but we still do okay we do better than poverty I think, line you're right we do better than I, I think maybe sometimes we let on and but not and yet again not as well as some other people may think but it's just one of those things where it's like you're right like every time i turn around at a grocery store and i watch a mom with like two preteen boys or right. a teen boy i'm like dude how are you doing that like how in the world like every time i go to the grocery store it's 130 bucks no matter what where it's like, and dude, that's me. I'm the only person that lives there. How in the hell are you paying for all this stuff? Two and a half full-time jobs being a mother is. Guys, I'm sorry. I know you're going to get yelled at it tonight at the yeah. dinner table, and you're going to be having to do all kind of stuff around the house because she's got proof now, and it came from the very reliable <laughs> Welch's Juice Department. <laughs> So that's, that's how you combat that argument tonight. Those Avenged Sevenfold tickets up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have those Avenged Sevenfold tickets. We'll pass them out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. If you missed the Avenged Sevenfold vocalist M. Shadows on the program yesterday. It's available in the podcast at WRQK.com and everywhere on iHeartRadio. The A7X fans, dude. They uh, went crazy with that. Yeah, dude. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're passionate, to say the least. The amount of retweets that the Avenged Sevenfold blogs and stuff did of that, which uh, was beneficial to us. I looked, yeah. at some of the, I looked at some of the download numbers of yesterday's podcast. Pretty big. Pretty excited about that. All right. This Parkland shooting story just will not go away. Um, the younger brother of the Parkland gunman, Nicholas Cruz, was arrested Monday for trespassing on the campus of uh, Majority Stoneman Douglas High School. Uh, Zachary Cruz, now 18, said he wanted to reflect on the school shooting and soak it in. He has since posted bond and been released. Um, he had been living in a mobile home in suburban Palm Beach County. Um I guess with a relative since the boy's adopted mother, Linda Cruz, died in ba- uh, back in November. According to court documents from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, Zachary spoke with an officer on February 16th, two days after the shooting. He said he told um, the relative he's living with on the night of the shooting that he didn't want to be alive. I don't want to deal with this stuff, Zachary recalled saying. Meaning, dude, this stuff went down with my brother and I don't want to have to, I don't want to, have to deal with it and I can understand Oh, that. I can't blame the kid at all. I mean, of course, you're an 18, 19-year-old and you're dealing with all this and now oh, I, 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 I wouldn't even want to put myself in those shoes. When I was growing up, my brother had been in a little bit of trouble, you know, from time and time again. You know, there was a couple of different stretches of his life where he had been in some trouble and having to answer for that. Not like it was my responsibility, but having people talk to you about it all the time was annoying. Well, and now put it as a school shooter. You know what right. I'm saying? Like now, right. now put it through that that prism of like, yeah, I mean, people, families have issues. They go through ups and downs. But something like like being a direct relative of a school shooter, that's going to F with your head. It is. Yeah, it, it would totally do that. 
Um, they did, again, they indicted Cruz March 7th on 17 counts of premeditated murder in the first degree and 17 counts of attempted murder in the first degree. Zachary Cruz was present during his arraignment. Um, where he was seen, obviously, wiping away his tears over his brothers. And now, again, it's that, you know just because you're sad over something happening to your family member doesn't mean he agreed with what he had done. Right, 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 right. And I think that's just the thing, too, is like you put yourself in, in his shoes of, of, of the brother's shoes here. Is like, how do you, do you still support your brother? Do you still love your brother? Do you still, I mean, I know it's very easy to be like, well, no, he's evil. He's a terrible person. But like, I, I don't know what I do in that situation. I right. Don't, I it, don't. That would be a... That, that would be hard to deal with. There's been another school shooting that had been thwarted. Um, it actually did not happen. This uh, coming from, am I saying this right? You lived up there. Is it Pawpaw, Michigan? Okay, yeah. Is it Pawpaw? A 15-year-old high school student allegedly had planned an attack on his school after being bullied, but here's what happened. He confessed to his parents before following through with it. Um, He's not being identified because he's a minor. He was arraigned Monday afternoon on eight criminal charges, including attempted manufacture of explosives and possession of a short-barreled shotgun or rifle. The boy's mother and stepfather say he approached them Sunday, obviously distraught, and told them he had planned to kill the students who were bullying him, Phantom. He came to us and said that he's been really upset and that he's been planning to do something bad, and the boy's uh, stepfather said we were shocked by this. After their son talked to them, his parents took him to the sheriff's department where he told authorities what he's been working on. The 15-year-old had stolen two guns from his grandparents' home, cut them so they would fit into his backpack, his parents had said. Police said he had also put together a Molotov cocktails and had at least some of the materials to make pipe bombs. The teen's parents say the 15-year-old had been bullied since the starting in the school district last year and that things got worse after a photo of the boy in his underwear somehow became to circulate through the student body. Don't take pictures of yourself in these predicaments. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, dude, like, don't do people will use things against you. Don't be doing that. He says since that point, it had just been relentless. And they say this was a close call, uh, the county sheriff does. There's no question in my mind there was going to be a terrorist act today. The guns were going to go inside of a school along with the bombs, and it was going to be a bad environment. Um, that was Dan Abbott, the, the, the county sheriff. Uh, they did call off classes Monday due to the threat. Authorities wanted to make sure the team was acting alone after searching the school. Investigators say there's no longer an ongoing threat. This was yesterday. Um, and they say here that these parents saved the lives. The parents did a good job, and I hope the public sees that, he said. The teen's parents say the son deserves credit, too. He walked right into the lobby and was like, this is what I've been planning on doing. He said, this is where you can find everything, the boy's stepfather said. He's being held in a juvenile center, however. Prosecutors want to try him as an adult because of the seriousness of the offense. A decision will be made on a March 29th hearing on that. The boy's family and sheriff say that he hopes that he will get the help he needs. Now, a lot of people, I got this from Cleveland 19, and a lot of people in the comment section are saying, dude, we're, 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 we're charging the wrong kid here, and that he didn't do it, thought better of it, ratted himself out, and now you want to try him as an adult. Their thing is, like, why are we not going and charging the kids who are bullying this kid to the point of where this is what he's doing? That because that's actually well, having done something where this kid had just he had the plan but he didn't do it. Do they have to be you know conflicting ideas there? Can't both kids be held responsible? I don't think they have to be conflicting ideas. I um, I, this is weird that you would be charged that they want to charge you as an adult, even though you, you thought. I understand that there's very dangerous to have people planning this to the point to where you're actually modifying a gun to get it done and making a Molotov cocktail. That's bad, right? Yeah, kids with guns are bad. I don't I mean, want that. Right? I okay. Mean, but 
there's not going to be even a sense of leniency when you think better of it and turn yourself in. I mean, he didn't have to tell anybody. He could have just thought better of it, not done it, never told right, anybody. Right. I mean, so what I'm saying to you is, is let me ask you this question. If I'm a, if, if I'm a kid dealing with this in a school today, in a school district today, and I see what happens to this kid in Michigan, am I more or less likely to tell you what, what what's going on in my head? Because all we're doing the last few weeks is telling these kids, if you're lost, man, talk to somebody. Well, what if you say to somebody just, you know, I've been I've been thinking about doing this and they arrest you for it, even though you were just thinking about it. Um, now, this kid took action. Yeah, I was going to say. I was gonna he say took action. Is- he made a Molotov cocktail like that's taking action. We should charge him with, you know, assembling bombs, whatever, the, like the proper terminology of that is. I'm for that. But I worry what the domino effect will be. I mean, and there's going to be adults here, I feel like, who are responsible. He stole those guns from his grandparents. And, like, you as a responsible gun owner, gun owner should have never allowed that to happen. How are his parents not going to be held responsible for allowing him to gain, you know, access to, to you know, the, 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 the things needed to make explosives? Like, there's plenty of blame to point around in here. I, I feel like everybody's going to have to take a little bit of it. And certainly he's going to have to be a part of that equation where, yeah, I, I mean, I, I take your point there is, well, should there be some sort of leniency, but at the end of the day, it can't just be like, well, you go free. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Fair. See you later. Okay, I would totally agree with that. Avenge Sevenfold tickets up for grabs. We'll take caller 15, 1 800 243 7625 on those and get you hooked up with a thousand dollars next on Rock 1069. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069 online for you, WRQK.com, and about to pass out a thousand dollars here momentarily. This is the second story this morning that benefits women. All right. And uh, earlier we found out that being a mother equals about two and a half full-time jobs, about 98 hours per week just being a mom, and they're probably working on top of that. That's why they're constantly stressed out and screaming at everybody in stores. Right. Yeah, no wonder she doesn't want to have sex with you. But this now, we've been wondering where this is. And I have been saying for a year plus on this program that I think women would celebrate this and would be happy to get this off of their plate and onto men's. But a male birth control pill is going to be on the market sooner than we think. A new pill, DMAU, has been testing well in early trials, holds promise to be a safe and effective alternative form of birth control. It's a combination of androgen and progestin. That when taken daily, a reduce in sperm count enough so that your partner does not get pregnant. That's Dr. Stephanie Page, who's the study's senior investigator, says the pill will be a major step in male contraceptive and some men may even prefer it. Many men say they would prefer taking a daily pill as a reversible contraceptive um, rather than long acting injections or topical gels, which are also in development for men. Most other attempts at developing a male oral contraceptive have resulted in liver inflammation and toxicity, but there's been no signs of that in the DMAU studies. They do report only slight weight gain and increased cholesterol levels of this pill, but again, women have that taking their pill. After safety trials, the pill will go through a three-month study to determine if it's an effective male oral contraceptive. I think women are going to celebrate the hell out of this. 
A, the cost of it. We, we have passed off, like, uh, make sure you don't get pregnant onto women because they're the ones who get pregnant. Right. And I'm willing to bet a lot of women are like, you know what, dude? You want access in here. You're the one following us around all day with your tongue hanging right. out. You're the one screaming at us in cars, honking horns, saying all kind of stuff to us. You deal with this, right? Like, I would imagine women are going to celebrate the hell out of this. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, women will all of a sudden start to feel the same, what do I want to say here, uh, doubt in their mind of like because there's been times before where like you know women have told me like oh yeah I'm on the pill and I'm like I don't trust you at all like I don't trust you even remotely to be responsible enough to do this just because we you know we got drunk and are banging it out right now doesn't mean that you know that's fair I think there will be a little bit of like you know but at the end of the day him being on the on on the pill does not prevent you from being on the pill so for double pilling it up you know what I'm saying I feel like we've got a great equation going on here and then there's then then it's not like I mean don't get me wrong you still have to like, think about that you have to be you know on on your your regimen of you know hey this is the same time I take it every day this is when I take my you know the the the, the fake pills versus the real pills or whatever and like you're still gonna have to to be but that way there's at least two safety nets there for you you know what I'm saying yeah because you're right it is one of those things where it's like. If you're a woman, do you really want to have a guy having sex with you and go, did he remember? And how many, how many dirty deed mofos do you know that are going to tell chicks at the bar, oh, yeah, I'm on the male birth control pill. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, but is that who this is going to be for? Because those people, like, you should still, that should still be a condom situation. Should be. Should be. And that's the thing I'm going to say, too, is how much condom reduction happens here. Because now dudes aren't going to get you pregnant. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, well, if I get AIDS, whatever. Dude, honestly, the things that can happen with sex will, will be being unprotected. Dude, a baby's probably something now, maybe the least of your worries. I think some dudes feel a lot differently. Ain't I mean, no running out on AIDS, bro. Yeah, but I mean, yes, yes, you're speaking logic to me. But like, like I said, how many dudes do you know and yourself being one of them at one point or another? Because plenty, we all be liars. The plenty. Ten, 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 where you were like, dude, I don't care, whatever. If I showed you photos right. of some chicks that I, w- that I was with and didn't rap, right. you'd be like, bro, what are you thinking? We, we've, we've all been there. So like, dude, that's I, herpes you can smell. So I, I, I just wonder if there is going to be an increase in STDs because like, what, yes. was, what was once upon a time, like, well, at least I know I'm not going to get her pregnant and I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? If you're willing to do it with not taking the pill, now that you have a pill, you're totally going to do all it. All right. Now they say topical gels are being developed here, but- I think you still have the best plan for yeah. for male contraceptives. Yeah. So, dude, tell the Stansberry Show audience what your what your plan. Well, is. essentially, we've got a gel. You know, if if not a a like you know like a KY jelly is essentially what I'm kind of viewing it as. And not only will it serve as Kentucky jelly, <laughs> not only will it serve as a a lubricant, of course, you know that's an important part of sex. Um, also serve as birth control and essentially a barrier against STDs. And I've been I've been I've been mixing up bleach and KY jelly, trying to get the right combination, but I'm not a scientist. So if you're out there, scientists, somebody can do this. I mean, somebody can, right? He's been mixing chronic <laughs> with mids is what he was mixing. And that's how this idea came about. Facebook is going through some serious problems right now. We'll give you that after getting you hooked up with this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station.
Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. Still to come in New Tour Tuesday. New Eminem, New Jake Owen, New Stone Temple Pilots, all part of that. Star studded this morning. I like it. We'll also have, um, you know what? I want to make sure I have this right because you sent this to me and I don't want to screw it up. But during New Tour Tuesday, we will have tickets for, is it, I'm sorry, is this Honor Fighting Championship presents Operation Shockwave. Oh, yeah. Live from the Chaparral's Event Center, Arlington Road in Akron. This will be on the 31st. Um, and this is, do I have this right? This is like the Ohio Championship Wrestling. People are are now moving into the MMA world as well. Same ownership group there. Um, divided, they wanted to diversify what they wanted to do with their uh, with their fighting, you know, endeavors. And uh, uh, yeah, it's the same group, and uh, it's been really successful this far. I think this is their fourth event that they've had, and they're looking to step it up. They're looking to make the push with it. These are so. separate, right? Yeah, I mean they're two separate things. Okay, because because there's been rumors that maybe Vince McMahon may try to end up you know upending the UFC, and and I know this is a completely different thing, but people's worry there is is that that WWE mentality and the fakeness and the and the fake storylines would permeate through the UFC then, and people don't ever want to see that happen because it's a legit combat sport, and so like that's what I'm asking here. Like this is. Like this is legit MMA fighting, and like the, they're two separate operations, right? One hundred percent, yes. And, and and really, what that boils down to, as far as like Vince goes, I mean, obviously the XFL failed for a reason, and I think he learned his lesson there. So if Vince were to throw his hat into like supporting MMA or trying to get behind that brand, um, I think he's savvy enough at this point to know that, like, dude, I can't have the Rock coming out here. If I'm going to do it, I have to do it. Right. So. Yeah, I would agree. But we'll have those tickets for you nine thirty this morning. So, Facebook is suffering a couple of problems right now. I guess, like, Mark Zuckerberg's stock itself, like, he lost $5 billion worth of uh, his wealth in his stocks because they took a major tumble. Because a former employee with a firm called Cambridge Analytica had said that 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 firm secured personal data of Facebook users... So they could create an information cocoon to keep you in to change your perceptions about things that were going on around you. Okay. It is based on an idea called informational dominance. And what informational dominance is, Fantone, is the idea that if you can capture every channel of information around a person and then inject them with content around that, you can change their perception of what's actually happening. And I, I believe that 100%. If you yeah. just tunnel vision people and this is all you give them, they're going to buy it. Right. I think people already are embracing that. People are already looking for that. So, yeah, once you start to give them that, it's just going to be a self-serving cycle there. So Chris Wiley, former employee of Cambridge Analytica, was interviewed on NBC's Today. I believe this was yesterday. And he said, we were looking to explore mental vulnerabilities of people. And he said that the firm works on creating a web of disinformation online so people start going down rabbit holes and clicking on blogs and websites and et cetera. That, mm-hmm. And it makes them think that things are happening that might not be. Pizzagate is one of the ones that comes to mind when I'm reading this because I'm willing to bet that's right. part of where this came from. This idea of information dominance of propaganda widely told Guardian is the notion that if you can control all streams of information to your opponents, you can influence how they perceive that battle space and then influence how they're going to behave and what the reaction of them would be. Wow. 
Facebook said it would ban Cambridge Analytica, saying that the company improperly had Im- had obtained information from 270,000 of us who were on Facebook who downloaded a research app described as a personality test. This is what we're always telling yeah. you. Though which member of Motley Crue you are, dude, nobody, dude, you're, first of all, it's going to be whichever one you want to be because you're going to answer those questions to lead yourself down to get the answer that you want to be Nikki Six. So first of all, so first, like those things are so dumb. And second, you're just being taken advantage of. It's not. I know what you're doing. You're wasting 20 minutes at, at your work desk, but you're also leaving yourself open and vulnerable to massive amounts of data breach. Now, at the end of the day, just by being on Facebook inherently, that's going to come a part of it. You know what I mean? Like just sure. by just by just by logging on, True. you're already signing up for this. But you're really leaning into it when you decide which Game of Thrones character am I, and then you do it time and time and time again, and you don't think that those answers, which Paint a picture of who you are because Password. that's what those questions. That's, Password. What, that's what those questions are. Is, what was your is, first is, concert? Is asking you who you are. What street you grow up on? And so you think that that's not going to be like used against you? You're crazy. Wiley, Chris Wiley, former employee of Cambridge Analytica, said that they used the data it had while speaking with Russian businesses. He also says that while the political ads are also targeted at specific voters, what's different here is that people wouldn't know they were getting messages aimed at influencing their views. All right. Again, most people are not all that. I shouldn't say that. A lot of people aren't that smart. A lot of people are about as sharp as a spoon. And so, yes, I could believe that uh, that a lot of people could be duped by this. And how easy it is to manipulate those people who are, you know, dumb and willing to, you know, willing to give up information about themselves. I mean, you're just making yourself an easy target. I this is. It was also announced, I think, last week that Facebook was going to start its own news channel, which I don't like. I, I, I mean, now, granted, they can start it, and I don't have to consume it. Right. So, like, I don't care. Do whatever you want. But I don't trust Facebook, and nor do I trust Mark Zuckerberg. He is, obviously, he has ideology. He has a political lean like everybody else, and he's going to start a news channel, and it's going to be hyper-defined by what it is he wants. And again, Mark Zuckerberg, this is why I like Elon Musk a lot. Elon Musk is smart enough to create AI and tells you you need to be afraid of it because it is coming to take your job, and it is going to make the human being insignificant. Mark Zuckerberg on the other hand tells you, no, 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 don't worry about AI. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I trust the billionaire who has who goes against his interest to tell me I should be afraid of the thing he's smart enough to create versus the guy that's telling me I'm getting too paranoid about it because it's like, yeah, dude, I've seen this movie before. Like, I do. You are looking to make us all dude irrelevant so you can run the world with, with with your computer. That's exactly what Mark Zuckerberg wants. That dude needs to be taken down a peg or two. There's uh, there's problems with that guy. There are serious problems with that guy. Um, I don't know if it's coming though. I mean, I'd like to say that like, hey, this would be enough for people to kind of wake up either side of the aisle where it's like, hey, we're having information used against us in a a fashion which we definitely do not want. You know what I'm saying? Like we're giving them this information. Sure. We're you we're willing users. We sign up for this, but nobody's putting down like nobody's putting down Facebook. You know what I mean? Like and now 20 years from now when kids are you know kids but it'll from today, be some, it'll be called something else, right? So at this point, I mean, like I'd like to say that like all right, well, not only is this you know a breach of privacy, not only is this like affecting you know our democracy, not only is this like you know a, a what should be 
a, a, a huge deal just based on the economy, the billions of dollars lost in it, you'd think that, like, okay, we have to rein our behavior in when it comes to stuff like this, but we're not going to. Now, it, it, it does say, Chris Wiley said he does not know. This is, again, the former... This is the former employee of Cambridge Analytica who stole information or obtained it illegally, 270,000 members of Facebook. He says he does not know whether Trump's campaign used the techniques, but he said he, that Trump's former campaign manager, Corey uh, Lewandowski, was meeting with Cambridge Analytica in 2015 before Trump even announced his run for office. So my guess is they were looking to start figuring out how to collect data before even running. Now, that's a guess. That was me speculating that I don't know. And I had said yesterday on the program that I don't know if Trump's guilty or not, but his tweet Sunday morning are the actions of a guilty person. Once you start going on that much denial, it's like when you accuse, when you see a text message on your girlfriend's phone and she overreacts, it's like, oh, okay, it's because you went down on that dude last night. That's why. That's why. Because you know I have you caught. I don't know if he's guilty, but he's sure acting that way. More Stansberry Show next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. We'll have another $1,000 up for grabs for you. We'll also be doing New Tour Tuesday then as you're getting new Eminem, new Jayco, and new Stone Temple Pilots, all part of that. Nice. Um, this breaking news, now I'm getting this um, from ABC7, uh, which is a ABC News affiliate I follow on Twitter. And they're saying there has been a shooting at Great Mills High School and this is Maryland now, from what I understand, as D.C. reporting. Our, yeah, our sister station in Washington, D.C., reporting a school shooting in southern Maryland. So there's been a there's been a high school. There's been a shooting at a high school in southern Maryland. Yikes, man. I don't know what's going on. I, uh, I mean, I, nobody does. Nobody's really got the answers on it. But it, I, I don't know if this is copycat type stuff or if we, we would be having this if it, because a lot of people like to blame the media and be like, ah, if we didn't like, right. if we didn't just constantly harp on this stuff and then kids wouldn't get the idea. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, guns in schools have been a problem now for a decade plus. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you can say the media helps, but I, I don't know if, if, if the, the over coverage will do that or not. Um, but I, I, there are solid points in that argument that I hear where I'm like, all right, well, maybe I can see that, but I, I don't know if it can be solely placed on that. No, I don't think it's, uh, you know, the, I feel like the conversations we've had about this in the past two months plus, um, I don't think you can just point at one thing and be like, well, that's what it is. Um, I, I'm just, Never. I'm reading this from WCVB, which is ABC five. Um, they report with a possibility of multiple casualties, um, and according to WJLA, the incident has been, quote, contained. So there's a lot, a lot uh, that we don't know about this. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, like, no, it's breaking now. Well, and, and that's kind of the thing is like when we say school shooting, we all have this idea of what that is. This may be a shooting at a school as opposed to like a mass. You know what I'm saying? Like Maybe. Instead, of, instead of a mass shooting. And I know I know it's, you know, you're really getting into breaking down conversations here, but there's a difference between, you know, what happened in Parkland versus somebody getting shot at school. You know what I mean? Yeah, there could be a difference there. Yeah. Um, it's still there's gun violence. Yes. At a high and school. that's bad. You know what I mean? That, nobody, that, nobody's standing up for it. That's not good. That's uh, so that obviously will develop throughout the day. We'll get more information if we get any more of it. We'll obviously pass it on to you before uh, we end the program at 10 a.m. this morning. 
Um, this is, I thought, interesting. And then, but then I looked into it and I realized, I guess there's over a hundred cities in the country that have already done it. And I'm surprised by this because this goes along with the, we're going to raise the age of buying a gun to 21 in certain stores, right? Right. Well, Akron, Ohio, looking to raise the age for tobacco sales to 21. And I thought, well, how can you do that? It's a legal product over the age of 18. You should be able to buy that. However, we do limit alcohol sales to the people of, you know, ages of 21 and over. And so I looked it up and there's about 100, 120 cities in the country that have already done this. But the city of Akron, Introducing legislation to raise the age for tobacco sales from 18 to 21. The city says this legislation, which is in collaboration with the Summit County Public Health Department, is an effort to reduce the negative health consequences associated with smoking, including infant mortality. Some 292 localities across 19 states, including Cleveland, Columbus, both have raised the tobacco age to 21. So let me ask you this question. Let's take it out of the realm of guns and cigarettes. Are we at the point in this country... And again, remember, the study came out a month ago that said adolescence lasts at least until age 24, at least, meaning well past that most cases. All right. Are we at the point in this country where we're willing to go, you know what? We screwed this up. Adulthood doesn't start at 18. It starts at 21. The only thing I'm going to say about that is, you know, and it's a relatively small percentage of the community, but like, what's the plan for post high school then? Like, what are you just kind of an adult, but not an adult? Are you still a kid? I mean, so you've graduated high school. Crap. You know what I mean? So it's like, now what do I do? Can I have an adult's job? Can I, you know what I mean? You know what I like about that? Is that doesn't that kind of erase the, the, the bare minimum mentality? Well, I made it through high school. I'm a grown up now. Like, right? Yeah. It kind of erases yeah. that. And we learn to we learn to accept the fact that that's where adulthood started, which means if we change this, we would over time learn to accept where th- that the fact that adulthood starts at 21, not 18. Would schooling continue from like mandatory schooling, like high school? Would that continue until 21 or you graduated and like, well, schooling does continue after 18 until 21. It's called college. But like, you're not, you're not obligated to go not to that where you're obligated to go to high school. No, I don't think so. I, I think, I, no, I, I, I can, no. Can I live on my own at 19? Or do I have to have my mom sign something for me to buy a car? You know what I mean? Like, or do I have to, to live in an apartment? Do I have to? Well, that's a good question there. Because at that point, if you're saying there's no mandatory schooling, so from 18 to 21, you're almost essentially, you have to live with your parents without going to school. If you can't buy cigarettes or booze till 21, should you be able to enter into a contract with a housing development, like like an apartment complex? If you can't buy cigarettes, now all of a sudden you're signing contract. Like, I, I guess. You're right. That's a weird line. Um, and I can say this because I'm not a parent, nor do I plan on being one. And it sucks for you if you are. But yeah, keep those people in your house till they're 21, dude. But now you're not selling cars to 18 year olds. You're not selling. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, what's the? No, econ- I mean, I, I'm n- nobody's saying change the driving age. But what's the economic impact of that? So, but I can't sign a contract till I'm 21. Oh yeah. So the car loan. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, 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 there's other things in. Ju- I know Wakem can get you finance. They can, and like, I but, know that, and that's 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 a part of the problem. There is that, like, you're looking at, like, yes, all right, well, you know, I, I want to make this 21. There's a lot more than just cigarettes that get involved with that. You're right. There's a lot of stuff here. I mean, is, is, essentially, does, at eight, which is you know what's weird about that? You can buy a car at 18, but can't rent one. 21? Can I? Or that's before, weird. Prior to 21, am I? Am I? Still allowed to have sex with adults? Am I still allowed to have sex with minors? Oh my god! 
Like, so I'm not an adult till I'm 21. So can a 21, when, can a 20 year old bang a 14 year old? Because at that point you're calling them peers. And like, I'm not naive enough to think that teenagers aren't going to have sex with each other, but that line of 18 is like, all right, that's the separation uh, point for me. Ah, uh, that's a sticky wicket. Yeah. That's a sticky wicket. Well, you, right I mean, there. but that's the thing. And I, when, when this all became an issue with like the guns and when it became an issue with like, all right, we're going to make it 21 to, to be able to buy a gun. I really pushed back on that idea because I feel like, uh, no, this is the line that we have. And this is when you become an adult. Um, but there's plenty. And I, I question the legalities of it, of like, can you do this to people? But there's cigarettes, there's alcohol, there is renting a car. I mean, dude, senior citizens' homes, I can't move in until I'm 65. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, age discrimination. But it, ex- I mean, like, not, I tried that once. not necessarily discrimination, but like age restrictions exist within a, a magnitude of things. There was a phenomenal apartment complex in Lakewood. Right. And when I was, when I was living up there and I wanted to move in it, but it was an adult, like senior center complex. Right. And I was like, well, I want this apartment. They're like, like, well, you can't have it. And I was like, well, why not? And they're like, you're not 60 or something or whatever it was. And I was like, how is this not discrimination against me? How is that not I, I, a thing? But, but I mean, how is it not discrimination against a 24 year old that I can't rent a car? I, I, I don't well, know. Is. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't I don't know where that line is. And I mean, at that point, are we making ages a protected class within the country? Wow. There's a lot going on. A in lot this. going on in this. It's not just as simple as like, man, hey, dude, this is going to this is going to cut back on cigarette related. You know, if we're making adults 21, it changes a lot. I'd be interested to find out what the impact in those communities has been after raising it. Is it that much? Because here, like, here's the thing. I know what it was like. I can't remember. If, was it Cleveland or I think it was Cleveland proper. But if you live on the near west side, you're two miles from Lakewood or vice versa. You're going to go to the gas station there and buy your cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're going to be able to find them. And I mean, you know, you know, I guess it's not even I can't call them criminals, but like people are going to, you know, break the rules when they need to break the rules there. Um, I, I, I think that 18 to 21 that's probably when a lot of people start smoking, and if you can cut them off at the pass and never give them, you know, and, and, you, and you and you you and think you, they start that late? Yeah, I think I think I'm probably between sixteen and twenty one is a vast majority of people start. That's smoking. a fair. If, I think that's a more fair statement. If, if, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to try to cut back on it, I mean, a great way to start is to not ever start. You know what I mean? So it just it, it makes sense to me. I just don't know if practically it works. Okay, what if we did this instead? What if we said for vice, your the age of consent for yourself cannot start till twenty one. Meaning alcohol, cigarettes are vices. Now, what somebody's going to say, and I can see the brain, I can see the wheel spinning in your head already. Right. That quick service food is going to be considered to be a vice for people. Tattoos, a vice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, are tattoos a vice? I mean, a lottery, a vice. I guess I'm just looking at things that are like, well. Where 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 are we going to distinguish that line? There, I mean, is is gambling? Is you know, is sex with somebody? You is, do have to be twenty one to gamble, right? I think eighteen, right? I don't know what the rule in Vegas is. Is it eighteen or twenty one? I honestly don't know. I, I can't think remember. In Ohio, it's eighteen. I just wow, I'm 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 having a a brain lapse there. I'm sorry on that. I mean, I, dude, having lived in Vegas, I can't believe I don't know that off the top of my head. You might be right. It might be eighteen. I, I can't remember. That's weird. He's looking it up right now. It sounds like. Fantel gonna find us the answers. The Google machine. The Google machine. Um, yeah, uh, I think it depends on what kind of game you're playing. Kino is 18. Horse racing is 18. Um, I think some some casinos probably make it 21. That way they don't have to worry about carding you. Yeah, that right. way you don't have to worry about that. But I mean, 
18 is when you can start doing these things. Interesting. Well, gambling is definitely I mean, a vice. Uh, serving in the military, you're going to make that 21? All right. I knew that was going to be part of this conversation. So let me ask you, and I'll ask people who have served. Aren't you going to be better prepared for it the older that I mean, I know there's going to be an age where it's like now you're getting too old. Right. But aren't you more prepared for things like that? I don't know. I bet you people that served would say no. The younger you are and the the more moldable moldable you are at that point, it's probably better. That's a good argument. You know like what you I mean? Can definitely turn, you can definitely turn an 18-year-old brain into a soldier of one, I think, faster than you probably could 21, 22, 23 as you start to get more into your own uh, personality. There, there is truth in that, that the younger you are, the more moldable you are. Okay, so maybe the military would like that um, and, and would like to keep it at 18. Um, but when I thought of, when I saw this this morning, I was like, well... Now, again, we're already having problems with people signing up to go into the military. So you take the three years away from 18 to 21, you're going to reduce the amount of people looking to go in. This is a very complicated issue because the the roads don't end on this one. You know what I mean? Like you just keep pulling strings and more stuff just unravels. It's very, very interesting. Um, I think I'm on it, though. I think there's a way to find vice turning it into 21. I think there's a way to do that, and maybe we just haven't discovered it inside this conversation. New Turd Tuesday and $1,000 up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9 online at WRQK.com and getting ready to hook you up with $1,000 coming up shortly. You get your keyword. We're going to start New Turd Tuesday a little later than normal as we're joined in studio now. By our good friend, yeah, partner of uh, the both the radio station and the show, Akron Canton Regional Food Bank CEO Dan Flowers. Hey, good morning, guys. my man. Good Doing, to have you. Here. Yeah, I'm thr- always thrilled to come on your show. Uh, so um, I believe it is your Harvest for Hunger campaign yeah. that that, yeah. that that you're that, that you're focused on right now. Can you give people like a good understanding of what's going on? Well, yeah, sure. You know, you've got great listeners, uh, always so supportive of us uh, during the long haul against hunger in the fall. Love that. Uh, and so, uh, thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to come in. I'm always oh, happy really to. happy to see you guys and talk about uh, books and movies and all the stuff. Yeah, we just we're, we're all just uh, you know yeah. trading back and forth on all what we're binge watching uh, recommendations. And so, I appreciate uh, you know you guys are always thoughtful and supportive of the food bank so uh, harvest for hunger uh, right now um, it is it's really our biggest annual fundraiser it happens every year during the months of Mar- uh, March and April um, and uh, you know it's like uh, uh, I, I always show up uh, you know asking for people to support the food bank because you know usually the money that we raise during one campaign is enough to pay for the the the, the work that we do kind of in that time you know the holiday period you know we sort of pay for that time of the year and then in the sure. spring you know we're always having to go out and raise the money that we need to do the work that never ends, you know. Uh, you know the, the the the. In fact, we had a really big year in 2017. Distributed 32 million pounds of food. You know, wow. We had a huge year, you know. But January rolled around and those dock doors came open and the sure. charity started backing in, taking the stuff out of there. And you know, so anyway, Harvest for Hunger is going on right now. We've got a, a really really big goal of raising 1.3 million dollars during these two months. And the biggest biggest part of that is checkout hunger, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. Perfect. Um, you know, when uh, when when someone goes through the grocery line at Bueller's or Giant Eagle or Fisher Foods, which is probably where most of the listeners here do their shopping. I would imagine, stores. yeah. Well, um, you know, they can um, they can make a donation of a dollar, uh, $5, $10. There's a little placard that you can rip off right there at the checkout. Every so, dollar provides four meals. I just had this happen the other day when I was at the grocery store. And they yeah. ask you, the, you know, the clerk will ask you. So I tweeted it out and I said, the grocery stores are now making this easy for you to be a good person. Yes. Like all you got to do is just say yes. 
and it adds one, maybe $5 to your grocery bill, which isn't probably going to break you. And it will totally help some other people as we're, if we're finding out as I'm reading through some of your reading materials here that one in six Northeast Ohioans struggle with, with hunger. Yeah, so it's a big issue. Uh, food insecurity and poverty is a big issue. And, uh, you know, back on the checkout uh, thing is that the cashiers that do that, you know, even if you don't, if you know, we'd love for you to give, but if you're not inclined to give, it, it, it would be really cool if you would just thank the cashier for asking because it's hard oh, it's for point. them to do that. It takes a lot of energy to ask over and over again every time somebody comes through the line. Now, if they're not asking, people aren't giving in most cases. And so I, I'm always grateful, even if I don't care what charity is, the food bank, any charity, um, when somebody ask for a donation they're, they're that that's that they're doing something they're trying to make something better make a difference so yeah know, if you don't give at least say you know hey thanks for asking keep asking keep it up encourage them a little bit no for whatever to, charity. to to appreciate your advocates i mean of course like people who are out sure. there you know do, doing that work they, they definitely deserve a little pat on the back for sure dan let's take a step back though i okay. mean we're talking about the akron canton regional food bank and i know some people might not necessarily have a very good grasp of number one the magnitude of what you guys do but number two really more specifically what it is that you guys do. I mean, you hear about the huge buildings, sure. you hear about all the food, but like, give us a clear picture of how, you know, John and Maslin can benefit from what you do. Well, well, so uh, it's, you know, it's really pretty straightforward. You know, in fact, I was just thinking about this the other day. Let's say that you had the idea that you wanted to start collecting food to, from grocery stores, and you went around, you picked up surplus food until there was more than you could uh, keep in your, you know, in your house or whatever, and then, you know, now you were using this food to give it to charities, and then you started collecting so much more that you needed to get a storage space and then eventually a warehouse and then all the charities were coming to you. That's exactly the story of the food bank, you know. Uh, food banks pick up surplus food from grocery stores. Now uh, They provide that food uh, to uh, now. Our food bank provides food to 500 soup kitchens, homeless shelters, you know, charitable agencies in eight counties. Now they come into the food bank and they pick up food that's donated from, you know, um, you know manufacturers, Smuckers, ConAgra. We got a whole truckload of peanut butter last week now from ConAgra and they were like, Big five-gallon buckets of peanut butter. And then from the same factory, they had some jars of Cisco-branded peanut butter, some Peter, Peter Pan-branded peanut butter. This one peanut butter factory was cranking out all this peanut butter. Love it. Every time they'd switch brands, you know, they'd have a couple extra pallets they'd set aside. When they got a full truckload, they gave it to us. That's how it works. And we go get all this food now, from around the country, from different sources. And, you know, we've been building this supply chain since 1982 of different donors. We have relationships that when they get extra food, they just think to call us. We work hard to service them. We get out there with our trucks. We pick that stuff up. We bring it back and set it in our warehouse and, and charities order off of a list of food that we have. Okay. We put it up on our website. They make their orders and they come down to pick up their order. And while they're down, uh, they can go through this place we call the marketplace. All day long, our trucks are going around to grocery stores and stuff like that, picking up produce and dairy, uh, you know, stuff like that, um, perishable products. And we set them out on this dock and charities can just have as much of it as they want. Like if you have tomatoes in your garden in the fall um you know you can bring them in we'll set them out there on this marketplace and people will take them while they're getting their other order so that's basically how it works we're talking to uh dan flowers who's the ceo of the akron canton regional food bank and a listener just sent this in via twitter and uh he's bringing up a good point and i need a favor from you okay all right we're gonna go back a few years okay to our first year doing long haul against hunger okay with you all right 
There was this. There was a segment on the show <laughs> where we were doing a food collection here in the building. Okay, and I had taken something out of said food collection box. Oh, a a a a a, 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 a cup of Easy Mac. Okay, and it turned into everybody bringing Easy Mac for Long Haul Against Hunger. Okay, and we did the whole Mac and Cheese Mountain that we took the pictures of. Sweet. So the audience wants to know. Are you willing to absolve me of my sins <laughs> of taking something out of the donation box because of all the mac and cheese that got donated? Well, you know, or am I still guilty of stealing? No, I, I, I think you're okay. I, I, I think you've uh, see, Phantom, you jerk. I think I think you've done enough uh, to support the cause. See? to uh, Grant you. I don't. We're not sure the word. Complete forgiveness. I love it. I have been absolved of my sins. That's right. That's I have right. Been my absolved. Son. I absolutely the, love it. Not in the court of fan zone. And that's okay. no, 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 no. That story will never die. So I would assume, obviously, as people can make a donation, you know, going through the checkout counter at the grocery stores and this and that. But yeah. they can. But if they actually have food, they can bring it just straight to you at the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you can come down to the food bank anytime. We'd love to give you a tour. Uh, and show you the operation. Um, you know, you can make a donation on our website, AkronCantonFoodBank.org. From there, you can like uh, find out. You can sign up to volunteer. Um, you can certainly support us there. And then also, if you need food, if you're in need of food, you can um, you know find out where you can get help at our website as well. And I would encourage anybody who's struggling today, you know, with food or any other issue, you know, to think about asking for help. You know, we'll certainly do whatever we can to help you with food at AkronCantonFoodBank.org. But uh, you know, that's the way out. That's the pathway forward. You know, is to get help, and uh, you know we're we're glad to provide it. Harvest for hunger. Yeah. I have I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. As we're talking to Dan Flowers, he's the CEO of the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. You obviously will have insight into this that the rest of us will not. You've worked very closely with hunger in this country and in this community for sure. what thirty years. I mean, we're, about twenty years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. So let so twenty years. So my guess is you have ideas that maybe other people haven't thought of. But this issue in this country puzzles me yeah. because I feel like there are so many things that are insurmountable that will never, that could never be fixed. But feeding everybody in America, I think, is something that could be done. Oh, 100%. What is stopping us from getting this done? Jeez, uh, big question. I, you know, I think that uh, you're a big man. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I th- actually I think what one of the things that 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 makes it difficult is that everyone has kind of a different uh, definition of what need is. You know, like um, you know, if, if someone shows up and says they're in need. Um, well, you know, how do you define what that need is? You know, well, okay. how hungry is hungry? You know, like, well, I missed breakfast. Well, you know, well, we'll consider you hungry and we'll give you help if you've missed breakfast and lunch both. Right. Or, um, you know, depending on, you know, how much money you make every year. I guess what I'm saying is that, um, there are debates. Like, there, it isn't a shortage of food. I think, no. that, I, I, th- I think that there are debates, however. This is the most calorie rich country in the world. Well, yeah. 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 But, you know, like, you know, here's a great example. I think the food stamp program, uh, is a really great example. It's a super effective program for fighting hunger and food insecurity. Um, you know, how what 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 could be easier than giving some someone I got some problems with this too. And Fantone actually made me aware of this. I didn't know this. But if you're on some assistance like that, you like you know how like you go in a giant eagle, they have like the hot food bar? 
Okay. You're not allowed to buy that with oh, them. Oh, really? Okay. Like, you can go to a sub... You, like, we, we talked about this. Yeah. You can go to the substation, and you can get a cold sub, not, a, giant wa- eagle, right. not a warm one. Okay. With that program. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out what the discrepancy between those two things would be. Well, you know, so 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 there are dynamics like that. Um, and, you know, you oftentimes hear um, people coming at it from one side or the other based on, you know, whether the program is too rich. People may, 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 may have accusation of whether there's fraud in the program. Some people have... A opinions about whether or not there should be higher standards for nutrition. I guess what my point is uh, in that is that there's a field of debate around that issue, and I think that's the real uh, block from being able to wipe out hunger. So so let's say if it's the food stamp program or you know the, the food bank work or what we do, is that it isn't a lack of food. It's a decision. Never. It's a decision about um, how willing we are uh, to, to put those resources in the hands of people. And you know, I, uh, that's where that's what I think to the people that are worried about. Let's make sure it's ultra nutritious. What I would say is let's worry about not making them skip meals first. Right. right, right. Let's get them something Take to care eat starving. first. Right. Okay. Not not now you're not starving. Now let's maybe like, uh, you know, interject a little, you know, more information on like what better food could do for you and then move the needle. But let's get them something in their belly first. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a big advocate. And it's my personal belief is that if you want to eliminate food insecurity and hunger, it's it's a pretty simple thing um just be willing to um give people food when they need it and when they say they need food you just have to be willing to give it to them it really does sound that simple it's that simple the thing is is that well you know um but when you say you need it my 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 you know my response could be well prove it Right? right, and that's where we break down. So, so anything short of that, I believe, is going to have you're going to miss the things. Willing to be, isn't the willing to ask and put yourself in a situation where you have to tell people, "I need to ask this of you." Is that not proof? I think that's part of the problem, though, is that like people feel that stigma of like anytime I ask for help, I'm now less than. I am, less, I am sure. less than the person who I'm asking that's help true. for. That's a shame. That's a it's, ve- true. it's a very tough pill for some people to swallow. It is. So whether it's whether it's a pride that's stopping you from doing it, or maybe it's a lack of resources, you don't know how to get that help. You don't know how to to, to get that lifeline. And that's essentially what the food bank provides is that lifeline. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a lifestyle, and no, that's not what it is. I mean, a vast majority of people who are involved in the food, you know, whether it's benefiting from a local soup kitchen or a you know the Akron Regional Food Bank, it's a very it's a finite amount of time there, correct? Oh, that's true. You know, and uh, and one thing I'll say too, you know, we're talking a little bit about federal nutrition programs. Those federal nutrition programs have much more intake criteria that someone would have to go through in order to get that stuff than when you come down to the food bank. And I fight for that. Let me say, okay, um, is that I do every, I, I believe that there is a paradoxical relationship between availability and accountability. So, so, so then okay. if you say, I'm a big advocate for accountability, I want really high standards. I want to, I want to see driver's license, social security numbers. I want to see what kind of cars people drive. Okay. We can give you that. If you want that accountability, that's fine. But that means these people on this side aren't going to come or they won't be able to be served. Right. Or, you know, like, so, so, so you have to look at issues like this and say, how much accountability do we think is responsible and reasonable around this issue? And how much availability is important for people to have right. in order to meet their needs? So, like, I believe that the, the closer we can get to being able to help you when you show up and say, I'm hungry, um, uh, uh, the, the, the more effectively we can meet your need. The problem is, is that, you know what I mean? But, but, but then we start now we have intake criteria no no doubt about it and we do believe accountability is important but i also believe it's important in the world of hunger for you to be able to show up and say i'm hungry today and us be able to say okay well you here's know, food yeah we got to take your word for it if you tell me you're depressed today i can't prove you're not 
Right. So 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 these are human conditions. As a matter of fact, in this country right now, if you tell people they're not going through what they claim they are, that's called shaming now. Yeah. And right, so, right, you know what I mean? And right. so absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. Well, so, you know, I guess my big point is, is that there's a, a, a range of um, considerations in this topic area. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really the harder thing to do, I think, sometimes is to drum for availability because accountability on that other side now sometimes can pre- make barriers for access. And, yeah. Everybody has opinions on them. Um, but from my standpoint, uh, what I want to do is when people show up and say, I'm hungry today, I want to build a system that says, we'll help you to the greatest possible extent. Harvest for Hunger with the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank will run from now until April 30th. We are talking to uh, the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank CEO, Dan Flowers. Thank you so much for spending some time hey, with us know, this morning. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to have a, you know, a, a little bit bigger conversation. Now, certainly, you know, we're here talking about Harvest for Hunger. Now, I want to make one last pitch. Uh, Absolutely. For people, Love um, you know, when they go through the line at the grocery store, every dollar they provide, provide uh, they, they, they give, provides four meals for people in need. Uh, we'd love to have you come down to the food bank and visit our website, AkronCantonFoodBank.org, to learn more. You can hear more with Dan Flowers on our sister station, 640 WHLO. We'll be taking him down there right now. And again, uh, Dan Flowers, before you head out of here, make sure you watch Seven Seconds on Netflix. Yeah, I'm going to do that. You're really, really, really going to like seconds. that. Seven Seconds, I'm on it. New Tour Tuesday starts next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Borrowing a cup of the mac and cheese, the Easy Mac, the first year we did Long Haul. Did you? His first reaction tells the story of this, where he was like, ugh. Like, like right out of the gate. It was a disapproving look. That was not true. <laughs> that was not true. That is just that. that dude, that is uh, fake. Dude, that's fake news right uh, there. That's fake witch news. Witch hunt. There's a witch hunt on me. There's a witch hunt. You're right. You were right about that. Start New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. Now, we'll do uh, new Eminem here. Here's Nowhere Fast. Ashes blowing in the air. Oh, so obviously this is featuring Always someone. Fire, but we don't care. Yeah. Wasted youth, always on a I don't like her voice, whoever this is. Really? Really? Oh, I feel sorry for this beat. Sympathy pays for this track. This road is taking me back. Down memory lane with this rap. I can still look out in this crowd. Be wild and be taken aback. I'm simply stating a fact. I had really stayed the impact. But now we're on a path headed to nowhere and fast. Another terrorist attacks like a tariff. Blows half of Madison Square up. Alas, we perish. And the blast of that isn't scaring us. We pass knowing we're fearless. Cause we're just ashes blowing in the air. I like Eminem rapping fast. I don't dislike it. But I like him being angry, too. And I feel like that was kind of a, I don't know, produced. Manufactured. Manufactured. There you go. It's a funeral when I'm devising this rhyme Cause I'm awakening your morning Eminem, Like a new day has dawned on me Gusto, Gus Bravado, nuts and plus I kick up dust and cuss a lot I must have got Kicks two up dust, that's a good to know I do like that Come on. That's awful, 
Really don't mean nothing, although there's a lot of shit I said in jest. This tough to swallow. See, the thing about him is we know who Eminem is, right? And we've had him as an artist so long now that when you hear something that, that that's going to be a big hit for him, you know with his ability, you know it right away. Like, was the name of that song with Rhea, was it Monster? Was that the one with yeah. the monster under my bed? Yeah. The first time you heard that song, you knew. Smash hit. I don't know if this necessarily feels that way. This doesn't feel like an effort at a hit. You know what I'm saying? Now artists are going to do that. Artists are going to write the songs that they want, but don't be don't be shocked when it becomes a turd on the Stansberry show. Exactly. A fun debacle, plus some stuff that's awful. Really don't mean nothing. Although there's a lot of shit I said in jest. This tough to swallow. And there he is, kind of apologizing for his his past and really what made him famous. There's I a didn't, lot. I of, didn't hear it. What do you There's say? a lot of ish that I've said in jest. That's tough to swallow. You know what that is? It's because he's starting to speak out politically about guns, about some of this other stuff, and Trump and all this stuff. And so people are going through his lyrical history and saying, dude, you're really not the guy for this because of this, 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 and this. And so now what he wants is he wants to be able to spit his opinion. So he's going to go back and say, well, I mean. Can I make the argument of... You know, hey, 20 years ago, I was a different person. Yes. twenty. I mean, 20 years we're talking Dude, about of his career. If here. I had to answer for my opinions at 22, now in my 40s, I would be like, well, I mean... Th- Dude, less than that. I mean, when I worked at MMS, when I did afternoons, my opinions on things are vastly different now than they were then because I'm a different person. I think some people have a hard time, especially with artists. Or, or, artists Don't put me in a box. Right. Of, of like, nope, this is what you said. This is what you will always be held up to. I Yes. And I am guilty of this sometimes with celebrities when I'm like, well, yeah, but what about this? And I, and I don't put myself in it enough because this it, it could be very true of me. I don't love the backpedal there from him, though. Did he just use the R word again? I don't know, but he said F Keanu Reeves, and I don't know what that was all about. Hold on, let's hear it. Dude, my heart, it seems like it's in the wrong place. It's probably because it's on my sleeve. Pretty sure there was a target in there somewhere. Keanu Reeves, speed of life, avoid a veer or just the target. We're only looking oh, distorted. With, okay, yeah. distorted. Okay. We're going, we have no idea. Nowhere to go, but hysterical. It's getting warm in here. I set the world on fire. Was born to be an arson. It's just one spark and it's lit. But I'm going to still get dark on this shit. Told you I'd leave my mark on this shit. War machine, but you forced me in the corner. I'm sure to have something for your ear. And in the course of the assault, this torture gets more severe. Go to war with me, you end up looted. Ten buck two, I send it to a ten ton nuke like Kim Jong un and end up ruining your career. Over all this said and done. And at the end of my run, I just move on clocks. Forever young, make time stop. Will I ever fall off? That day will never come to the pine box. You talk you. I'm better than I ever was to the bomb drops. Hope no, it never not. does, but I'm not gonna sweat it cause this world's screwed. It's already fucked and I'm on top. So everyone's just See, and I can kind of speak to this. <clears throat> he likes what he's doing better than what he did before. I'm not sure you are better. You prefer what you're doing now, Eminem, because you have reached the point of your career where you can start to, yes, lose a fan here, lose a fan there, and your celebrity won't take a a massive hit. So you prefer what you're doing. I'm not sure it means you're actually better than you've ever been.
brought up that song he did with Rihanna. Yeah. Why didn't you have Rihanna sing this, dude? <laughs> would have been better. Yeah. I don't dislike this this woman's voice as much as you do, but Rihanna would have been better. Power. Yeah, Just star if power. Just if sure. nothing else. Absolutely. Stop us nothing. Speaking of Rihanna, I watched a movie she was in yesterday. And oh my Why? god, was she hot. It was I didn't even know she was in the movie, but she was in it and like, dude, ridiculously hot. Dude. I mean, she kind of made twerking famous, right? Um, it was called Valerian or something like that. It was terrible, but smoking hot. Was Matt Damon in that? No. No, I'm thinking of Elysium. I don't know. Yeah, it was Valerium and it was dude, it was terrible, but Rihanna's a good looking girl. That's new Eminem, Nowhere Fast. Pantone, give me your vote there. Eh, it's mm. half a turn. Um, not a great song. I don't think there was anything really to it, but uh, the stylings of Eminem kind of make me want to hear new Eminem, so I'm going to call it a halfer. Uh, we're going to be in agreement here because I don't dislike it enough to call it a turd, but I didn't like it either, so I'm going to go with half a turd. Eh, it's mm. half a turd. We will, instead of taking a break here, we'll just continue on. We'll play you the new Jake Owen now. This is your country song of the week. I was Jack, you were Diane. Country artists love that song, dude. Love that song. Maybe it's just the easy... Well, everybody knows it. It was a smash hit. And we all know what it means. You know what I'm saying? Middle America, growing up, learning, yeah, learning adulthood, yeah. Like, dude, this guy, dude, his wife left him and he cried on stage when it happened. Oh. So, like, I wonder if this oh. is about, like, that. Oh. It was yesterday. It was years ago. We were singing every word on the radio. Kind of like them songs could save our souls. Somehow, some way. We was falling fast. We was jumping in. Blue jean halo hanging off a limb. Two American kids just like them. Every time you play. He kind of has a cool voice. He does. And <laughs> blew us away. <laughs> blew us away. I've seen him live and he was great. You sing along every time you hear that song. Like we did then. Like we did when. Do you close your eyes? Does it make you laugh? Do the memories take you back? To six packs in a Chevy Cheyenne. Way back when I was Jack and you were dying. Yeah, we were never growing up or growing old, breaking up or letting go. Girl, just like rock and roll, where's it gone? But I hope like hell every now and again I blow across your mind like that summer wind. And you're holding on to 16 long as you can every time that it comes on. Do you turn it up? Do you sing along every time you hear that song like we did then? Like we did when Do you close your eyes? Does it make you laugh? Do the memories take you back? To six packs 
is not only do certain songs take you back like what he's talking about, but songs about songs that take you back can be hits. Oh, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and now at the end of the day, you know, I think rap music really went through a lot of crap when it came to like, oh, you're just remixing stuff. But like, there's a reason why it works because we all know and love those songs. And it's like, I mean, it's like eating macaroni and cheese. You know what I'm saying? We're just comfortable. Just like, yeah. In movie world, it's called rebooting. Baby, hallelujah. Do you close your eyes? Does it make you laugh? Do the memories take you back? To six packs in a Chevy Cheyenne. Way back when I was Jack and you were Diane. Yeah, there should be a rap remix of Jack and Diane. One rapper did use the beat of it. Did they? Yeah. Somebody did. I don't remember. Take it back. It's new Jake Owen. I was Jack. You were Diane. Fans, don't give me your vote there. Not a turd. Uh, really catchy little ditty right there, obviously, since we've heard it eight bajillion times before you even heard it one time. Uh, but there was, I mean, multiple parts of that song. You could just hear it being a hit record this summer, so not a turd. I would agree. Uh, I'm a Jake Owen fan. He's produced, uh, he has put out plenty of hits. That's another one. That's a big old smash hit. Not a turd. Not a turd. Take a short break here, and we will play you the new STP, Roll Me Under, next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. That was pretty good. It was. And now we have new Stone Temple Pilots. And again, people were jumping up and down on STP for getting a new lead singer, and everybody was hating on it before they even heard it, much like everybody hated on the idea of Axl Rose fronting ACDC, and I told you that would be a smash success. Sure enough, here comes a new album and tour with that package. Now, a friend of mine went out of town not that long ago, saw STP with this new lineup, and says, swears to God I'm going to love it. He was like, dude, you're going to love this. Now, I haven't heard much, but they do have a new single out. It's called Roll Me Under, and let's take a listen. for this guy is that there's a very good possibility that an STP album that came out in 2018 with Scott Weiland as your lead singer could have sucked. Was going to flop anyway. Was going to flop anyway. We'd be saying it would. You know what I mean? Honest to God, I would have very low expectations of it. Very low. 
So if this ends up not being good, he's going to take the blame for this, and I don't know if he should. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's unfair that it's, it's, it's a new song because you listen to this, and it does sound like New Stone Temple Pilots. If you said, hey, this is new STP, and I didn't know Scott Weiland was dead, I guess I'd be like, okay. Um, but I want to hear this dude sing Vaseline. That's, you know what I mean? I would agree. I think it's a better way to judge. The song isn't so bad. I don't think it's as bad as people thought a new singer with STP was going to be. You think the song would be better received? If it was just like... Oh, I think if this was Scott Weiland on vocals, people would tell you, see, this is why Stone Temple Pilots has been my favorite band for every man. What? But because you give people a reason to bitch and hate something, they're going to take the option of bitching and hating. What if this was a new band? Just this dude's band? Do you think it would be well-received or is it, you know... It would obviously be better received if it were an STP project versus what this kind of sounds like to me, which is Daughtry doing STP. Nick telling me he sounds a, a, a lot like Corey Taylor. I don't hear that at all. I don't hear Corey Taylor in this at all. This is new STP, roll me under.
There's new uh, STP with their new lead singer. That's Roll Me Under. Fantone, give me the vote there, buddy. <laughs> it's half a turd. I've never been a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan. I've always liked them, but I never felt like they were my band. Um, that was better than what I expected, no question, but it wasn't enough to make me like, yo, dude, I got to go listen to this new STP album, so I'm going to call it a halfer. Uh, we're a little bit of in, in agreement here. I would say that STP was probably my least favorite band from that grunge Seattle-ish era. They're fantastic. Don't get. I'm not saying STP right. sucks. I like them a lot, but they were probably my least favorite band out of that era. Um, but this was far and away better than I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to vote not a turd on the new STP. Not a turd. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Teresa will get you hooked up with another shot at your $1,000 for that pocket of yours. She will do so at 1010 this morning. We will be back at this live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.